Growth Igniters Radio, Episode 13, Talent Magnetism, How to Create a Workplace that Attracts and Keeps the Best. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. It is great to be here with you again. And if this is your first time listening out there, the purpose of Growth Igniters Radio is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for leaders to take themselves and their companies to the next level of success. So, Pam... What's our focus for today? How to attract and retain top talent. The good news I see is that more and more board CEOs and senior executives that we work with are acknowledging that employees are not commodities. Great news. That's true. And you know, it's just like the same with sports teams. Recruiting and keeping top talent isn't really easy. Just look at the Cubs, sadly. There's plenty of competition out there for A-list players. And that's why we're so glad to have our friend Roberta Matchison here with us today. She's going to talk with us about attracting, nurturing, and retaining the best talent in the world for your company. Roberta is the author of the book, Talent Magnetism, and Suddenly in Charge, a Washington Post top five business book for leaders. She's a highly sought after expert who helps leaders and companies of all sizes to achieve dramatic growth and market leadership through the maximization of talent. Now, a full bio for Roberta is on the Growth Igniters page for this episode. Welcome, Roberta. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. We are delighted to have you here. And before we get into the topic, I always like to ask our guests about their business nicknames. And yours is the Talent Maximizer. How did you come to develop your passion on this issue? Well, I've always been uh, focused on talent and what organizations can do to attract top people, nurture their talent, retain talent. And, you know, create these exceptional workplaces where employees love to come to work and customers love to do business. So you've coined the term talent magnetism. Can you talk about what this is and how it differs, say, from recruiting? Well, talent magnetism is really about creating attractiveness. It's creating the type of workplace where people are lining up outside of your doors because they've heard about what you're doing, uh, they want to be part of your team, and so they are coming to you. And if you compare that to what most organizations are doing, Most companies are actually in recruitment mode. Mm -hmm. And when you're in recruitment mode, it requires lots of heavy lifting. So, for example, uh, if, if you're in that mode and you have a job opening... You have to write the job posting, and then you have to sort through the dozens or hundreds of resumes, uh, pre-screen the candidates, interview them, get the job offer, and then hopefully they'll actually accept your offer. 
And if you compare that to the concept of magnetism, where when you have an opening, you have, you know, three or four top people who would love to come to work for you. It's a lot more effective and a lot less exhausting. Well, you know, we've seen over the years that uh, companies are recognizing that talent is important and they're getting more selective. Uh, we just spoke with the CEO uh, last week who told us that his company requires candidates to go through six separate interviews during their selection process to just to make sure that they have the right fit. Well, that's kind of onerous, not only for the company, but for the candidate. And it's not uncommon that people go to these lengths. Could the approach of talent magnetism streamline the process and make it uh, smoother and, and more functional for everyone? Well, here's what I would have said if I had been in that meeting. <laughs> I would have said, are you kidding me? Um, by the time you got to interview number three, that candidate would have had probably three or four job offers uh, come through on their phone. And, you know, you have to look at your process today and you have to look at what might be clogging up your ability to quickly uh, look at candidates and determine whether or not they're the right fit for you. And quite frankly, putting someone through six uh, six rounds of interviews is just crazy. It is pretty intense, but I think we're encountering this uh, more and more, that there are more companies out there that are doing this. Because they're really worried about getting the right people. Well, they should be worried about getting any people, because... Uh, <laughs> In today's, in today's environment, there are websites like Glassdoor where um, candidates are writing about their experiences on, on the doors of companies, uh -huh. right. so to speak. Yes. And let me tell you, if I were a candidate and I read that it took six interviews before I could land a job, I would think long and hard about putting my name in the hat. So wow. what you're saying is that the leaders of companies need to be thinking about the fact that their company's reputation is on the line. The more that they put people uh, into situations where they're jumping through hoops, as it were, that it could be a real turnoff. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's all about having clarity up front. And by that, I mean, knowing what kind of people that you're looking for and then determining where to look for those people. Because, you know, if you've ever played archery, you know, if you're trying to get a bullseye and you're shooting arrows and they wind up on somebody else's target, that's mm -hmm. not all that helpful. Right. And what you really need is one arrow going in the right direction in order to find that right person. Roberta, can you give us a story about a company that has used this concept of talent magnetism to their advantage and, and really made it work and made things better for themselves? Well, I mean, I think we can all agree that uh, organizations like Google, I mean, all you have to do is say, oh, you know, there's a job open at Google. And if you have a friend there, you're like, oh, my gosh, can you get me in? Mm -hmm. And we all know of companies where uh, their reputations are such that if there were a job opening and you thought that you were qualified for that job, you would just say, you know what, I think I'm going to pass because I don't want to work there. 
Okay. Well, that, that clarifies it. So the more that we can position our companies to have that magnetism of, say, a Google, uh, the more likely it is that we're going to be attracting the best people in the world for the positions that are open. Who are right for us. Who are right yeah. for us. Who are right for us. And that's really key. And what I do with my clients is I explain to them that they don't need to be Google in order to have a line out the door. They need to do a much better job of branding their organization from an employment perspective. So, you know, I know some organizations that are really, really fabulous to work for, but they're really what I call like one of the world's best kept secrets. And if nobody knows about you, and if nobody knows about what the experience is working for a company like yours, and many of these are small players, you know, they're individual businesses, you know, owned by small, they might be small businesses, they could be medium sized businesses. But if nobody knows about everything that you do, then then it doesn't matter, you won't be able to get the talent to come and join your organization. So the more that we're able to make our organizations, no matter what size they are, attractive, the more likely we are that we're going to get the people that are going to be right for us. I, yes, absolutely. And when you say attractive to me, it's, you know, and what I write about in talent magnetism is it's really connecting with the hearts and minds of your employees. It's not creating these workplaces that look like, you know, a McDonald's playground inside. It's really about connecting to the heart and figuring out what's attractive to the kinds of people that you're trying to bring in and keep. That's a perfect point. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Roberta Matchison about what today's workers really want from their employers and how to keep these valuable employees engaged. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. Subscribe to the Growth Igniters community by going to growthignitersradio.com and clicking the Join Our Community button in the upper right corner. This will let us send you weekly updates that will add value to each episode. You'll get easy access to each episode's play button, show notes, guest bio, and links to resources mentioned in the episode. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. We're talking with Roberta Matchison, the talent maximizer, about talent magnetism and what it means for your company's success. Roberta, how can people find uh, information on your books and on you? Well, Pam, they can go to my website, which is www.matchison, M-A-T-U-S-O-N, consulting.com. And they can also sign up there for my complimentary newsletter uh, to keep up on the trends in the world of talent. Sounds great. Well, 
We've been talking uh, about talent magnetism from what employers are looking for. Let's go a step deeper and talk about what today's workers want from their employees. Because to attract top talent, we really need to understand workers' mindsets as much as we need to understand our own. For example, recently I was talking with a group of high achieving millennials and they were telling me about how they were looking for flexibility from their employers regarding hours as long as they met their work goals. Yet other workers have told us about different needs. So how can employers tune into these different needs without going crazy? Well, I think if you if you filter the requests down, if you look at the different generations and you say, okay, you know, this is what the baby boomers want, this is what Gen Xers want and millennials, you'll see that there's a lot of common threads. And it's interesting that you would bring up this concept of flexibility. I was um, facilitating a session on um, the millennials in the workplace. And in preparation for that conversation, I interviewed a number of millennials. And the one comment that was consistent was uh, the following. I asked them what they wanted me to tell their boss. And they said, I want you to tell my boss that just because I can get my work done early and, and efficiently doesn't mean I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just said, oh, my gosh, like all those years that I wasted sitting in my office waiting for my boss to go home so I could just get the heck out of there. Right. These young people, they're smart. Like, they're not sitting around. They're not going to wait. They're going to leave when they're done. But that doesn't mean they're not productive. And so when we look at what today's top talent really wants, um, flexibility is certainly up there. But I believe the number one factor that everyone is looking for is really the um, autonomy, the ability to get one's work done without Mm -hmm. being micromanaged. That really requires that uh, leaders have a very clear way of establishing what are those goals and what are reasonable goals so we know when we've done the work. And that that means you have to have a clear idea of the objective, the outcome, and success metrics. Well, that's why um, in my book, Talent Magnetism, I say, I think you should throw out job descriptions and instead use what we call results descriptions. Mm-hmm. Great. Yes. So what are the results that I expect the person in this job to be able to achieve? And that's a much better place to start with rather than, well, these are the 10 things that you're responsible for, even though this job description is five years old and we don't really do four of those things. Well, sure. I mean, everything's changing so quickly. So one of the questions uh, building on that uh, in this discussion, there was a woman who had an executive level position with a more traditional construction firm. And she was questioning whether you could do that kind of thing, having the goals, because she said, we need people there, we need them there at certain hours. Does this apply to even those types of organizational structures, companies with those needs? Well, I think you have to look at each position. And first of all, you have to change your mindset and say, you know, equal is not really fair. So, for example, let's just take your situation and uh, say that this construction company probably has people working in administrative roles. 
course. And they, they may be able to do some of their job from home. It may not matter when they're physically present. Now, of course, if you're working on a construction crew, you need to be there. I, unless somebody's exactly. invented something that I'm not aware of. But you do need <laughs> yes. to be there and you need to be working with the other people in order to build whatever you're building. So by allowing the people inside the office to have flexibility, that's fair. I mean, that mm-hmm. that makes sense. And on the other hand, it also makes sense to allow your workers in the field uh, extra time off if there is no work to be done on the job site. Very good. Well, that comes back to the whole idea of outcomes. What is the outcome we need to see and how you get to it, then we'll work that out. Exactly. And that comes back to feeling like you have control over your job and the way your work gets done. And that's what today's top talent wants. That makes sense. You know, one of the things that we've seen when we work with companies, and no matter where they are in the world or how big they are, is that people want to feel that their work makes a difference, that it it is what I do helps the company, that I understand how, how it helps the company. And the people in my upline, my, my leaders, understand how I help the company and appreciate that. You know, what else do you see other than the flexibility and, and this appreciation that people want from their companies? They want to work for bosses who are actually good leaders. And I do a lot of executive coaching. Um, you know, you might not believe this, but people don't set out trying to be lousy bosses. Uh, It just kind of happens, and oftentimes, as I write about in Suddenly in Charge, which is my first book, you Mm -hmm. know, people are tossed into management roles, and it's really unfair for us to expect that they're going to become these great leaders through osmosis, and, you know, I'm working right now with some Fortune 500 companies like General Motors, and they're really invested in creating great leaders, And, you know, I think we're going to see some amazing changes in that organization as a result of this investment that they're making right now. That's exciting. I think also what you're bringing up, people get thrown into things and they fall into the habit of whatever they saw that they had. So what I hear you saying that's very exciting is that as people are learning from you and others, uh, you know, in their organizations about what it takes to be that really excellent leader, then they're going to be able to, we're going to see a whole revolution of sorts. That's right. And leadership, of course, is, is situational, right? Now, what makes one person a great leader in one situation is going to be different from a different one, right? Well, that's very true, but I want to share um, an example of how this plays out in organizations. Uh, I was recently brought in to do some leadership development on site for a company called Alarm.com, and they're they're a fabulous company. Uh, They're in Washington, D.C. area, and originally the person who contacted me said, could you come in and facilitate this program, you know, one time for 30 leaders? And then she called me back and she said, you know, my CEO doesn't want to do that. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, he wants you to come in three times and facilitate that program because he believes that if we have 10 people in the room, 
they're going to get a lot more out of it than if we throw 30 people in there. Mm -hmm. And my gosh, my hat's off to that CEO. He really got it. He wasn't just providing this training so that he could check off the box. Mm -hmm. He really was investing in the growth of his people. And that's what you need to do. Uh, We're going to uh, take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Roberta Matchison, the talent maximizer, about what you can start doing right now to increase your company's talent magnetism. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We enable successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and growth. If you like what you're hearing, spread the good word. Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 13, and use the share links for Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at the top right of the page to tell your social media communities all about it. Use hashtag GrowthIgniters. This will help us extend our reach to all the people who can benefit from this series. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, we've been talking with Roberta Matchison, the talent maximizer, about the whole concept of talent magnetism, what it is, why it, it really works so well in uh enabling companies to be so successful. And also we've been talking about what employees and workers out in the workforce want from their employers. Now let's get down to some specifics. What are things that company leaders can do right now to increase their talent magnetism? But before we do that, Roberta, can you tell us one more time how people can find you and your books? Uh, They can find me at uh, my website, which is www.matchesonconsulting.com. And my books are on Amazon. So go on over there and order one today. (laughs) Sounds like a great idea. Okay, so getting back to uh, these points, what is one thing? What's the first thing that leaders who are listening can do to increase the talent magnetism of their companies? The first thing that they should do is every leader should, when they, after they listen to this recording, they should go onto their own websites and should apply for a job. Okay, talk to us about that. (laughs) I guarantee you that within 20 minutes, they will be heading down to their HR departments going, what the heck? Um, most leaders have no idea how difficult it is for candidates to uh, go onto their websites and apply for work or even find their job openings. Huh. So have you seen people do this? I mean, have you gotten some feedback from people when they've done that? Yes, but I cannot repeat what they have said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. It is that bad. Wow. Okay, so they, they go on, they see that it's bad, and then what? You know, sometimes you need a fresh eye. You need somebody who can look at it and say, oh, my gosh, it's so obvious. Uh, You know, you don't even have a a button on your website that says apply here. Or, you know, everything you're writing about is all about you. It's not about me, the candidate. Or, you know, 
you don't even have these jobs on your website. So there's a lot of things that having a fresh eye uh, could be really helpful. So what's the second thing then? Well, the second thing is to go through the rest of the process of applying for a job with your company um, with the intention of removing any roadblocks that are really slowing you down. And I bet if that CEO that you mentioned earlier did that, he could get that down from, you know, six interviews to probably two. And he could get an offer out to somebody in half the time. And and more than likely, he would accelerate the number of yeses he got and still hire the right people. Okay. That's from the recruitment standpoint. Now, one of the things you said way at the top of our conversation that really intrigued me was that we don't, as companies, we don't want to be so much into recruitment mode as into the attraction mode. And you said you want people lining up around the block waiting for jobs. How does a company that's not Google, that doesn't have this huge reputation, you alluded to it, how do they become that person that people know about and want to work at? Well, it really comes down to the leaders. And I've seen that over and over again. If you create magnetic leaders, they will attract other like-minded people to your organization. And so, you know, if you only had X amount of money and time to invest, I would strongly suggest that you do so in, you know, in the area of leadership. And by that, I mean, I would invest in my top leaders. I would help my top leaders be even more exceptional. I would not try to bring up my bottom leaders to the middle because, quite frankly, most will never make it. So I'd really put my money like, you know, the New England Patriots do. I'd put it in the Tom Brady's of the world uh, because they're the ones who are really going to take your team, you know, to the top. Okay, so what's uh, one thing that I'm, I'm a CEO, I want to take my top performer even higher. One thing that I can do starting right now that will make that process start to go? I would help them find an executive coach who can build upon their strengths so that they can be in a position of becoming more magnetic and finding other people that will work under them who will be equally as magnetic over time. Are there things before they call the coach that they can do? In other words, I agree. I am all in favor of executive coaches, but are there things that people can do just to be able to be ready for the executive coach, things that they can immediately do right now? Well, they can, again, they, they have to go through their, CEOs have to go through their organizations and identify who their top performers are. Okay. And, and once they do that, they'll be in a much stronger position to figure out where to place their investment. So they can do a little bit of uh, diagnostics up front and uh, know who those A players are. I believe that most already know. They may not have ever said it out loud, but most know. Okay, that's that's good to know. Well, you've given us some really excellent points on this. We are pretty much out of time now, but can you give us some last thoughts as far as how we leaders can make our companies more magnetic? 
I think that if you keep the following in mind, you will become more magnetic. And that is your company is only as good as the talent you keep. So what do you need to do in order to have people feel more connected to your workplace? How, you know, what systems and processes are in place that need to be readjusted so that your employees are interfacing more with your customers? You know, you have to look at your organization holistically, and only then will you be able to really become magnetic. We couldn't agree more. Well, Roberta, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you. If you have any questions related to today's episode or any episode, go to open a conversation with us at the bottom of the episode page. And to find out who our guest will be next Wednesday, go to growthignitersradio.com and look in the sidebar for a schedule of upcoming episodes over the next few weeks. Thanks for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, and subscribe to the podcast series on iTunes or Stitcher, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 13. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team. What can you do starting today to make your company a talent magnet? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.